you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Rhett back with you. Bucky is uh, in transit. He's coming back from London after a pretty productive two weeks for him in London. Rhett, two W's for the Jags. Yeah, we'll get to it. It's one of the games that uh, I chose to kind of take a peek at here, Jags and Bills. It'll turn out, I think when we look back on this season, this will turn out to be one of the pivotal points of the year for the Jags to be able to kind of come together for 10 days in London and, and come out, go in two games under 500 and, uh, and then to leave, you know, feeling pretty dang good about yourselves winning two games is a pretty big deal. Yeah. And again, we'll get to that game and talk about where they stand inside the division and, and what that means for them going forward. But there was a, there's a lot of games we want to get to. We always try and pull out eight. Um, yeah. So we've each got four of those and we'll tag on some of these other ones at the very end. But uh, I think we got to start with where the week uh, ended, at least when it comes to Sunday. <laughs> That was the an dud, absolute beatdown. But, I, I, you know, we talked about it last week where we kind of went through that exercise. Bucky and I went through that exercise of if you just took those two teams and said, okay, let's pick the players in an open draft between the Niners and the Cowboys. Eight of the ten top players were, Cow- were uh, Niners. So, yeah. you know, it was like we, we built this up as this heavyweight matchup. And I'm like, nah, they're, they're a little out of their class in, in that one just in terms of the sheer talent. And I thought that showed up. Yeah. What was it, Micah and Zach Martin? We had Micah. So there's a funny story about the Zach Martin thing. So it was Micah, and we ended up having CD. So I was talking. uh, I was doing the post game last night, and uh, our buddy Chris Wirtz, producer, is in there, and he's a big Cowboy fan. And I was telling him this, you know, the story about before the game started about how it looks kind of lopsided on paper. And he's like, "Well, Zach Martin made it, right?" And I'm like, "You know what? He was right." right there but at this point in time we didn't we didn't have them so I, la- I rattle off the names of the guys that made it from the Niners and we had George Kittle he's like really George Kittle over Zach Martin really <laughs> three times really 
So he leaves the room. He comes back right after the first touchdown scored. And he goes, how, what happened? Who scored? I go, well, it wasn't Zach Martin. Uh, <laughs> and then Kittle goes on to score three. So, uh, I mean, but I mean, again, and that's eight of the top 10. And we didn't even have, we didn't have Dre Greenlaw. We didn't have Ayuk, which you could make a case that they, you know, belong in that discussion. So even if you went beyond 10, I mean, say you go 15, it might be 11 to four, maybe, you know, yeah. 12 to three, 11 to four. Yeah. Like it was lopsided. And I, I want to get to to a couple things on the quarterbacks here. And let's start on the good side with Brock because it has been, you know, it's been quite the I think it's a fun debate that people have had where if you take if you take Brock Purdy out of this element and put him somewhere else, does this all work? Is he a pure system quarterback? Does this, you know, is 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 this more him? Is it more Shanahan? Is he just kind of a cog in this machine? Um and the way I've come down on it, right, especially after watching the tape he's perfect for what they're doing. So yes. let's just leave it at what it is. Like yeah. it, it, it's irrelevant. It's a barbershop uh, conversation. Oh, if he would have gone here, if him and Dex switch places, those are all fun, fine and dandy. He is perfect. Like, I don't know if there's a better player to operate what they're doing than he is. And when I watch the tape, like, okay, there's, there are a lot of guys running free. There's guys running wide open and he still puts it on the upfield shoulder so they can still run with it. He yep. still gets the ball out on time. So he's taking the layups in this game. There were three, maybe four in cuts where they're rushing three and four, dropping seven or eight. There is a lot of traffic in the middle of the field, and he still navigates still, yeah. the ball beautifully in there. So he made he made three or four graduate level throws that were, you know, the, the vast majority. Yeah, they're schemed up and they've got guys free and clear. But not only is hitting those, now you're starting to get the two, three, four, those pretty nice throws uh, that you got to give him a lot of credit for. I would agree with you. I think it's it's probably a, a disservice to what he's doing to to kind of continue mentioning him as like oh the underdog that uh, yeah. you know that, that did well and you know I'm like no 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 this this is we're talking about one of the best quarterbacks in the league here right now and the yeah. way that he operates in this offense. I mean that throw on the run to Kittle in the in the back of the end zone, like that's I mean you know I, I know Kittle was was fairly open there, but that's still a pretty big time throw uh, on the move that way to be that accurate with it as he's kind of getting closer to the sideline. Um, and there was a number of them, as you mentioned. And I, I just I, I think we're talking about, you know, a guy um, who absolutely understands what is expected of him, what he needs to do down in, down out, and then with all the talent to execute it, like enough mm -hmm. talent to execute it. Sure. Does he could he throw it a mile like you know, like Josh Allen, probably not. But does he need to? Probably not. So, I mean, like, it's just all the things in the talent and the skill set that he has fits perfectly, as you said. And I would say that he has elevated the offense probably more so than quarterbacks who have been with Kyle Shanahan in that offense since he's been in San Francisco, right? I mean, like, so that mm -hmm. tells you something about the skill set because they've always had pretty good talent out there. And I think Purdy's taken it to a new level. So there's, uh, again, I'm not going to compare him to the greatest of all time here because I know, obviously, where he's playing, Joe Montana gets a lot of mention just to how efficient and accurate yeah. they, they play similarly. But I, I was thinking about Tom Brady, and there's some similarities and some differences. Obviously, Brady's a much bigger guy. But, you know, you have the late-round picks. You have, you know, immediate success once you're thrust into the starting lineup. But I was thinking, remember with Brady, the conversation early in his career was, okay, the defense kind of carries him. You know, he does just not making mistakes. It's just kind of how good is Tom Brady? How how good is Tom Brady? And then, you know, as as we know, once they put Randy Moss in there and it was like, holy crap, now you get to see him with all, you know, with all this talent and it's historic 
in terms of how good he was. This is different than that. Brock Purdy's kind of entering into a team right. with a major talent advantage over everybody else. And I feel like where Brady got the stamp of approval once we saw him with talent, we're like, holy crap, this is amazing. I think you're almost going to have to subtract some pieces from this 49er team before Brock Purdy will get the full endorsement of how how good he is. I, I guess I guess you're right there because you want to see him elevate talent that's perceived as less than right yeah. than they would have had before. Which you know, I, and I know you'll get to it here with the Patriots, um, but no elevating what they got going on right now as you bring the oh Tom Brady thing back together. And yeah. I don't know that anybody could. Yeah, you know, no. as you as you said on on game day final last night. No, we'll, we'll get there. I want to get yeah. to the other side with the other quarterback yeah, here. We were talking about this a little bit before we came on. Um, I have my buddy Bill Smith, who does a wonderful job with Next Gen, kind of running that whole program, um, which gives you all of the the GPS stuff. And I said, okay, it's one thing to, to come on our pod and, and talk like we do and say, you know, gosh, I don't know. Dak, Dak looks like he's lost some twitch and he's lost some explosiveness. And there's... How do you, you know, in years past, how would you really quantify that? So, oh, he's not, his rushing yards aren't this, that, or the other. Well, those are opportunity-based. That doesn't necessarily tell you about his skill set. But now that we have the GPS information, I think you can glean something from it. So I had Bill pull it. I'll give you a couple numbers here just from when he entered the league in 2016. Uh, when he got his top speed in 2016 was 19.49 uh, MPH. Uh, this year it's 17.24. Okay. Speed at the line of scrimmage, meaning... You know, what's the speed when you get to the line of scrimmage? That's more suddenness. That's more more twitch-based. Yep. His first year, 13.21. This year, 9.55. So that suddenness, that burst to be able to escape, get away, you know, make something happen, it's just not It's not really, you know, where it was. The, the, uh, uh, the average speed from 11.41 uh, down to 7.35. So, again, you can make numbers say yeah. what you want them to say, but I think it's it's pretty consistent when you look at the numbers and he's as you would expect with the injuries that he's had and the lower leg injuries that you're going to be sapped of some of that explosiveness. And I think that was, you know, that was some of what made him so dangerous was because if you watch the Eagles play, we'll get to them in a little bit. Um, you know, it's third and four. It's dude. That's a, that's a nightmare when you got to deal with Jalen hurts can take off and get you easy six yards. Anytime he wants Dak was that guy. He's not really that guy right now. I, and that's all GPS data from games, right? Yes, yes, correct. So I would be really curious to see what the practice stuff looks like too and what it looked like in training camp and whether it it kind of mirrored that. Um, you know, it's, it could also be, you know, even lower based on, you know, how they actually, you know, how how hard they're actually going in practice. But um, yeah, that, I mean, I think that is kind of telling. And, but, but, you know, it's kind of like a similar thing to what the Patriots are going through in that like outside, at least, you know, Dak's got CeeDee Lamb, who's an elite receiver yeah. in this league, right? But, like, if CeeDee's not doing it, who who do they rely on in the pass yeah. game? Well, they don't even use Brandon Cooks. I mean, yeah, they don't throw the ball down the field. I mean, they really was, like, two shots that they took down the field. One was really late. So, you're not beating – you know, look, the 49ers, if you think you're going to beat them six to eight yards at a time, there's no chance. You got no and, chance. Yeah, and, and then, like, they're you know, for the majority of this season, I felt like the Cowboys have been really committed to – running the football, even when it wasn't necessarily, you know, you weren't necessarily getting four or five yards a pop. They were still sticking with it. And in yeah. this game, they didn't even know, try it early. I mean, it, they just came out throwing. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was totally different. And that's, and then we saw the interceptions from Dak go way back up, you know, yeah. with three of them. 
So, uh, you know, it felt like a little bit of diversion from the formula uh, for the Cowboys. And obviously the formula is what wins week in and week out for the 49ers. You know, it's just yeah, no question. <laughs> it, it's kind of funny to see that play defense. out that Fred way. Warner, I mean, that was a, he was a human highlight film in, oh, in that game. Warner I mean, and Greenlaw. It was it was it was outstanding. Last number on deck is yeah. uh, his his rookie year. Rhett, twenty six carries of over fifteen miles per hour this year. He's got two, so he's on pace for eight or nine. Now I wonder so, how I mean, much how much of that do you think is also just because that offensive line was in so much of a so much like a, a much better position when he came into the league, right? Yeah. With you know oh, Tyrus yeah. Smith's five years younger, whatever it is, it's six Zach years Martin. younger. You, Zach you Martin's still had, in prime. You probably still had the center Frederick, too. Travis yeah. Frederick. Um, yeah, Lyle Collins in there, you know, playing good ball. And so, I, I don't know. I think that's part of it. Um, and I think they're going to have to spend a, a ton more resources like to keep bolstering that offensive line um, mm-hmm. as, as they go forward. No doubt. Um, all right. You mentioned it at the top here. The yeah. game in London. Buck was there. Uh, yep. Jags, Bills, man, big, 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 big win for the Jags. Oh man, just huge. I mean, we talked about it last week. Like if we, if you, if we kind of, you know, we fast forwarded and the Jags find a way to beat the Bills again and talked about it at the top, like you'll look back on this as being a key point in the season. Uh, no question about it. And, and so for the Bills came off a huge win right over the Dolphins, uh, kind of settled down that explosive offense and the Bills offense was rolling. Josh Allen is playing really good ball, taking care of the football. Um, and you know, in this game, it felt like it was kind of snake bit from the start, you know, Matt Milano, who has arguably been their MVP on defense, right. Yeah. In the last, uh, so far this season, there's a really good off ball linebacker. He gets hurt and likely done for the year, uh, seeing the way that he went out. Uh, Greg Rousseau was out of this game. Tredavious white, you know, already out for the season with the Achilles Von Miller was just coming back. And so you're thinking, all right, well, shoot, the bills need somebody to step up. And they did. I mean, AJ Epinesa, Epinesa had the game of his life. It was life. the Epinesa game. Yeah. Oh my gosh! A couple of sacks. I mean, the strip, the the recovery. Um, I think that's going to actually be pretty exciting if he can continue that level of play uh, when Vaughn is. He's always been. He's always been in the leaders in get off. By the way, we preach Has get he off really? on here. He's always way up there, above up in your like. How is he in that neighborhood? He's in always. Been he in he the wasn't a finisher. No, he can get off and go, though. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, you definitely saw that uh, really put it all together. But I think what it comes down to, despite, you know, Epinesa trying to wreck the game uh, for the Bills defense is Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you want to talk about a well-balanced offensive attack, 474 yards, and they kept the Bills guessing, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And when they needed to gash them, they were gashing them. ETN averaging five yards a pop on 26 carries. That's a ton of volume to stay up that high on yards per carry, uh, including the 35-yard TD run at the end that basically iced it, although the, the Bills would get the ball back a, a couple of times, but that made it a two-score game with under four minutes to play. Uh, and then uh, the, the Bills weren't able to get the onside kick. So, And then it comes down to this for Trevor Lawrence. So I think we kind of you know, criticized a little bit that he was not playing up to his standard that he had yeah. set the year before, right? It had not been elevating. The, in the progression that we kind of expected from him early in the year, he was at his best when his best was required. And that was on a third and four uh, with, uh, you know, essentially the game on the line, giving it back to the Bills with a chance to go down uh, and make a game of it. And on a third and four, he gets a zero look and has Calvin Ridley on a little slot go ball that ends up kind of fading out to the sideline. And you could not have placed it or thrown it any better. Like that is why he was the generational talent throws like that. And there were a couple of them in this game. 
Uh, he had mechan- like his mechanics on that. It was a quick three-step drop, bang, back foot hips, it, back foot hits, and he, that ball is out, and he gets smashed, too, with a free rusher. Mm-hmm. And he you know, just calmly delivers the throw of the day, which I just I thought that was really cool. And I think Lawrence and the Jags together now kind of turn the page on this season, it feels like. Yeah, and look, Calvin Ridley was a third down machine, and they kept getting yeah. one-on-ones. And it's just like, you know, I feel like you want to be a quarterback and you think about, oh, I gotta, I gotta be able to process information. I'm gonna get one to two to three. Like you get to some key third downs. If you can just if you just run the ball enough where you're not having to face third and twelves, you know, and you can dial up some of that man coverage, not many corners gonna be able to match up with Calvin Ridley. Right. No, there's no need to look anywhere else. Just let him go to work if you're gonna get those one on ones. It feels like doing the charger games, I see it with Keenan Allen. Like there's certain downs where it's like, ah, progression, well, let's put that aside this play. This is just this is Keenan Allen. He's gonna win and I'm gonna get let's him the go. ball. And Calvin Ridley was that way. Uh on the other side, I will give the Bills some hope here. Man, that's tough. They they get over there for what, you know, fifty hours. Two days? And, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's the formula, man. I didn't like that. So yeah. there's, there's, it's, it's odd. You know, it's an odd situation. You're going to London to play that game. Uh, it did not go well for them. But five sacks. Um, you know, Von Miller sprinkling him back in. Epines is starting to take off. They'll get Rousseau back. I still think this defense built front to back is got a chance to. They're gonna, they're gonna keep them in just about every ball game. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna be fine. I'm not gonna overreact to that loss nope. on their side of things. Um, all right. Speaking of big wins, the Eagles come out west. And they take on the Rams in a game that was really close early on. I think Cooper Cup had 14 catches on the uh, on the opening drive, something like that. I mean, it Don't was like, it. like <laughs> every ball was going his way. Uh, nice Working back him. in, you know. Yeah, yeah back real in. easy. Yeah. Option route, option route, option route. Hey, let's try option route. Yeah, he had uh, seven for a buck 18. Uh, Puka Nakua had seven seventy one and a touchdown. But this game uh, was about two things. Number one, the Eagles' pass rush heated up in the second half and kind of swallowed up this passing game Stafford I don't they, they couldn't do anything in the second half after coming out moving the ball really well and then uh on the other side of the ball Jalen Hurts was locked in man and it was similar to Purdy in that I almost call him Purdy plus because they do bake in some easy ones that you know they have a great design they have a ton of weapons they have a great offensive line so they can get the looks that they want and they bake in you know 10 to 12 of those easy layup throws but then he makes three or four where now you're seeing this version of Jalen Hurts who's manipulating safeties and just kind of playing that graduate level football. And then every time they get a first down, it's first and nine. I mean, it is. It's just a it's a huge advantage. Uh when you third and one, it's over. Third and one, it's over. So you only got to get nine yards to to get a first down. And it's uh it's impressive. And they ran him a bunch in this ballgame. A lot of design quarterback runs. It's still it's such an advantage because we talk about it, or the young quarterbacks, right? Use your legs to buy time before you can develop into a passer. But normally if we see it, and you've seen it kind of with Lamar. You kind of graduate from all the running, and you want to do less and less of it. The Eagles have managed to develop him as a passer, but then not have to sacrifice what he does in the run game. Uh, it's 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 pretty impressive. Yeah, and this is the you know a game where Dallas Goddard reminded everyone that he's still on this team too, yeah. right? With eight catches, 117 yards. I mean, he had like four for 40 in the touchdown on the opening drive, and you're like, holy smokes! Uh, yeah, no, he is still there, right? With AJ <laughs> and with and with uh, Devontae Smith and Quez, and and then all the running backs out of the backfield too. So, I mean, you're talking about you know really really good players at just about every spot. I mean, Hassan Reddick took the game over at the end and shut the door, right? Back-to-back mm-hmm. sacks uh, on Stafford as they were, you know, kind of still in the throes of their comeback bid. But I think the encouraging thing for the Rams is that, again, you got productive run game out of Kyron Williams. 
And then with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua working together, it did not affect Puka's no. uh, production. And in fact, probably helped him a little bit too. And so you got, you know, those two guys combined for 15 catches, uh, 200 yards receiving and a touchdown. Like that's winning football, you know, for the most part uh, <laughs> on offense. And they just, you know, a little bit more, I think it was a more of a limited possession game. Um, you know, they did have some, uh, you know, Stafford was, it was right over 50% completion. So they definitely had some, they probably went back there. Um, but like you're talking about the best team in the NFC, you know, one of the top two teams in the That's NFC. That's a collision the, course, man. I think yeah. it's week 13. We get Niners yeah. Eagles. That's going to be there a lot of fun. J- week Jaylen 13 Carter's and then probably NFC championship game. <laughs> Jalen Carter is just a freak too, by the way. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the, those two sacks are ridiculous. Just his, his lateral quickness. Like it's, it's totally different than everybody else. Like you just watch all the other defensive linemen and you see how hard he can get left and how quickly he can get back right club. And he is, he is up the field. He got two sacks. So, uh, he's and well on his, Butcher Cox is out and you know, they, they don't care. They, they have so much depth. That's what I'm saying. It's so just, much it's depth. incredible. Uh, yeah, they're, they're in, uh, they're in a good spot there in Philly. Um, all right, let's get to this next one here, which man, this yeah. is, uh, I guess this shouldn't be a surprise, but a, a comfortable win for the Dolphins over the Giants. Oh boy, yeah, it's uh, it is frustrating now for the Giants, and let's just hope that uh, with Daniel Jones and that neck injury that he suffered late is not something that kind of rekindled those concerns of the neck injury from what was it a year or two ago? Um, mm-hmm. You know that that forced some of the offseason issues. So um, hope hope for that for the Giants and that he can be healthy enough that they can still try to figure this thing out and, and become a player at some point in in the NFC East. But it, they got to get healthy on the offensive line. It's real trouble up there. Oh, they're obviously. bad, man. It's bad. It's bad. They're I mean, look, bad. they're missing they're missing three starters. You know, there's not a whole lot of teams in the league that can account for that kind of depth. Most teams it, don't have five good ones. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. So they're talking about trying to have eight starter level 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 players there, and they don't. But this is a this was explosive runs, six explosive runs to one. For the Dolphins. I mean, I don't know if there's a team that gets a hat on a hat better than Miami does. Um, and here's the thing. like, They don't need to engage for that long when you have the speed that they have back there. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, obviously, they do creative stuff, right? I mean, like one of the first explosives was, you know, you get Jalen Waddle comes in motion. He's lined up uh, to the right. I mean, it's almost like they're faking the, the give to the left to Waddle. Uh, they've got the wing back as a, like a fullback. He goes off to the left to pretend like he's blocking that way. And then, I mean, they're pulling linemen out to the right. It's it's uh, A-Chan coming around from the perimeter. I, I mean, like they will dial it up, you know, with with all the creativity. But their best play is just a simple zone run. Yeah. Hat on a hat and A-Chan is out the gate like that. You know, I mean, it's it, they average 10 yards of play mm-hmm. for the entirety of the game. Um, I think you do have to give some credit to Kendall Lamb. He's done a really nice job at left tackle while Where's Teron Armstead's been out. Where do you go to school? He's an App State guy. Yes, Where he is. Uh, Austin Jackson, uh, right tackle. Robert Hunt was a beast. Um, and you know what? You know what he kind of reminds me of? Connor Williams back at center. I think made a big mm. difference. By the way, but you know what it reminds me of? You've been on one of those streets, like a like kind of a busy street, maybe a downtown setting where there's just light after light after light after light. And then you hit that thing just right and bam, like all the greens hit mm-hmm. at once and you're just cruising. That's what a chance got to feel like sometimes. Like when he gets the ball, because I mean, like it's like it just parts and shoom, he's gone. You know what I mean? See, see, that's the analogy you were thinking of. I was thinking of growing up when you'd have open gym and you're hoping you have five on five, right? So you're going to pick teams and you're like, oh man, we only got eight guys. And then you end up playing five on three. 
because that's what the offensive line gets to do because everybody is so paranoid about the big plays in the passing yeah. game. You're going to yeah. see light boxes. So it's like, man, they blocked it up beautifully. Yeah, we got we got five to block their four. You know, right. it's just the math is always going to be in their favor in the run game. And the whole thing is you, we always talk about if you can run the ball, man, you got to pay that off with chunk plays in the passing game. This is the exact opposite. They're yeah. so dynamic in the passing game that now they're getting these chunk huge plays chunk in plays game. in the run game. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, it, it's it's a nice adjustment and it's a nice scouting adjustment too. I, I give them a lot of credit in the personnel department knowing, okay, we're going to get these favorable looks with because of Waddle and Tyreek. Let's 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 punish people for playing yeah. that that look. And so let's get the freaking fastest running back we can find. Yeah. And they and they got him. And A Chan's been awesome. Here, so I mean, look at look at this just real quick. Uh yeah. right. I mean, this is this is one drive. A Chan for eight. A-chan for 14, Mostert for 11, Mostert for 23, A-chan for six, A-chan for five, Mostert for six, touchdown. Yeah. Like, it's stupid. On. It's That's stupid. incredible. But, uh, I mean, uh, it, again, make it look easy, and it 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 is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. hats off to them. And then, and yeah. then, by the way, I just do not understand, uh, like, the Tyreek Hill deep ball on the go route that I just – I don't understand. You've got a safety – who you're using to walk down and bracket the I believe it was the tight end or the slot, whoever was down there. And I'm sitting here going, like, Give some credit to this. To this is like, you know, when you have you have, yeah, you know, when you have little kids, right? As you do, like, yeah. hey, you got to go to the bathroom. Hey, you got to bring a buddy. Okay. You don't, you, you don't, you don't go to the bathroom by yourself. Take, take a friend with you. Okay. If Tyreek Hill's out there in your corner, bring, bring a friend with you. Bring a friend over. Don't don't yeah. don't go out there by yourself. And sure as heck. Don't walk up on him if you have nobody over the top. Like right. I am an advocate of try if you can get your hands on him, but you've got help over the top. If you can't do that, if I got to go on a solo mission, I am off and I'm still getting out of there. Give if he gets the- a hitch, I pray to yeah. God we can all get to him. Yes. What I'm not going to do is sit there by myself and go toe to toe with him. And oh, by the way, not even get a finger on him at the line of scrimmage. It's over. It's over. I didn't understand that one at all. So that was... Uh, Again, though, the Giants playing shorthanded, it's it's a rough year, uh, rough start for them. By the way, uh, 22 miles an hour for Tyreek Hill, fastest uh, b- fastest ball carrier this season. By the way, on a play where he got caught, he actually got caught on that play. Uh, I, I know. I, it was, it's kind of weird. I was like, oh, man, it didn't. I think, I think that speed might have been going laterally even when he made that. Yeah. You know, he, had, right. he had to cover so much distance. He did. Uh, anyways, all right, let's take a quick okay. break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the uh, entertaining game here between the Chiefs and the Vikings. We'll do that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. All right, Rhett, the uh, the Chiefs do kind of what they've been doing all year long. They don't look perfect. Um, it's 27 to 20. They beat the Vikings. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson ends up getting hurt. The Vikings could have really used him uh, late in this ballgame. They had a chance yeah. to go down and try and tie this thing up. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do it if you want to in terms of the controversy about whether that should have been a penalty and then the, taking the helmet off and all the other drama that went uh, along with that. Yeah. I didn't really. I mean, to me, is there's so many other parts of this game that were intriguing. Um, Kelsey gets hurt, thankfully came back in. Um, but I watched the tape of these guys all back to back to back. So I watched, uh, I want to watch Purdy. I watched Jalen Hurts. Um, who else? Uh, gosh, there was like three or four quarterbacks that I watched all back to back to back. And then Mahomes was in this, was in this mix. And I'm sitting here going like, man, I just love the play design and how this thing's set up. And it's just so creative, all these other guys. And then um, I put on Mahomes, and and yeah, he hit some. There's some back foot, you know, nice quick read stick throws, but the magic with him is so different than all these other guys of just all you know coloring outside the lines. Like it's the gap, the the gap between him and everybody else on broken plays is enormous. Like we can talk about in the framework of the pocket, and you can start having the Tua and how Herbert's played at times, and obviously Josh Allen, he can do, and and Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy's playing out of his mind. There is no comparison when when the initial play breaks down. His ability to see is incredible. Like I, I've never seen somebody that's able to access the far reaches of the field while going in the opposite direction. And just to be able to see it, like how, you, when you're watching tape all the time, you'll you'll freeze it and you'll be like, oh my gosh, can you imagine if he could have got all the way back over here? You know, the running back had leaked out, and, but nobody can see that. But somehow this guy does. Like it's crazy. I mean, and then the trust he has in his guys to make those plays and to stay. Oh, a Justin alive. Watson throw. Yeah, I mean, good lord. And then, I mean, like for the for the Vikings, you know, obviously they didn't run the ball worth anything in this game. Uh, Cousins throws it forty-seven times. Obviously, you got to do whatever you got to do to win a game, but um, that that seems you know a, a little bit you know a, the formula seems a little bit off there in Minnesota, but. Jordan Addison played played a nice game and they needed him, you know, with uh, Jefferson going out. Um, you know, it just uh, it felt like, you know, this might have been the opportunity for Minnesota with Kelsey a little bit less than. But he comes out and has one of the grittiest performances you'll see. He catches the touchdown late, 10 catches on the 11 targets. And uh, I mean, just it's a tough dude right there. And it's a tough team that's got, you know, when you have a team that can be as you know finesse as they want, but then have a little bit of that grit and toughness too. obviously mm-hmm. Pacheco brings that in a run game. Um, there's just a lot of different ways that the Chiefs can find ways to win. I'm I'm going back through the Vikings last year, right? This is a team that that was 13 and four. Um, so you go back through. I'll just give you some of their wins: 28, 24, 28, 25, uh, 2017, close, close, 33 yeah. to 30 in overtime, yeah. 27, 22, 39, 36 in overtime, 27, 24. Like 
they literally won every close game. And as you would imagine, this year this they've lost 20 to 17, 34, 28, 28, 24, yeah. 27, 20. Almost, almost all these games end with them with the ball in their hands with a chance to go down and try and win the ball game or at least continue the ball game. And yeah. All those plays they were able to get last year, it hasn't happened this year, which gives me incredible hope as a Padre fan that everything's just going to turn around for us next year. <laughs> right. Got everything going for you. Law of average is undefeated, Skip the man. wins. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was uh, obviously the flip side for the Vikings this year. Yeah. Uh, it, it yeah. Has not, it has not gone their way. They're in They're in trouble here at one and four. I mean, like you're losing ground quickly. I they mean, need Well, as we're recording this, I don't know what the severity is on the Jefferson injury. And that that is the most individually wide out driven team i love addison yeah. he's playing great but that offense runs through jefferson and then that makes everything work so if yeah. he's out they're in big trouble um so hopefully it's not too bad hamstring on a player you know that I, I, that 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 feels like it, it that's not something you can just tough through you know if no. you're if you're justin jefferson that's just that's going to be a tough one i think for those guys um all right steelers ravens in yeah. in the ugliest game of the week 17 10 this was crazy, man, because this looked like the Ravens were on their way to blowing the Steelers out. Wow. Justice Hill scores early, and then it just turns into this like comedy of errors for Baltimore. I think they just dropped another pass, by the way. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think uh, PFF seven. had them with seven. Seven, yeah. seven drop so, passes. Look, it started in the red zone, right? Second quarter, they have a first and goal from the four, and nothing played to Zay, to Zay Flowers. Then... Mark Andrews drops a touchdown. Now, look, it wasn't the easiest of catches, but it's one a Pro Bowl tight end like that makes, you know, I'd say nine and a half times out of 10. Yeah. Um, and then Bateman drops an even cleaner one on the very next play from Lamar, and they have to settle for a field goal. Should have been 14 nothing. Next possession, Justice Hill fumbles. Turns into a Steelers field goal. Next possession, 19 seconds to go, fourth and two. They decide not to take the points, and they don't convert, and so they get no points. They punt all the way through the third quarter. Then in the fourth quarter, their first possession gets blocked. A punt gets blocked by Miles Killebrew, ends up in a safety. Steelers get a field goal out of the free kick. So that's a, essentially a five-point play right there. Then they get the good fortune to force a fumble, which was really forced by Connor Hayward running into the punt returner, Gunnar Olszewski. And they get the ball down to the five-yard line, and Lamar just forces Whoops. a red... Yeah. What, what was that to OBJ? I like, don't know. Joey Porter Jr. and just swallowed Good him coverage, up. yeah. Yeah. But I just take look away from that, right? And then, you know, they give up a zero look, go ball, pick it to Pickens, strip sack from Highsmith, and then it's essentially over. And you're like, I mean, they just, they absolutely shot themselves in the foot all, you know, for the entire second, you know, third and fourth quarters. And the Steelers are like, all right, if you're going to give it to us, we'll take it. And that's how we got here. This Steelers team kind of reminds me of some of the, um, some of the Patriot teams in the past yeah, where you, they kind of just sit and wait for you to screw up. It's like, they're not doing everything right. They're just waiting for you to do something wrong. And then when you do something wrong, there's going to be just enough. They're going to capitalize on it and, uh, and win a ball game. And the other thing is, man, if you're the Ravens, I mean, the, the only thing you got to worry about is, is pickings over the top. Like if you make the Steelers have to, you know, gradually move the ball down the field they haven't proven they can do, do that and you leave marlon humphrey's first game back out there one-on-one -on -one with no help and that was Ooh, that it that was, that, yeah. that was a wrap that was a wrap uh but again is is kind of discombobulated and as ugly as the as the steelers offense can look for large large stretches man their defense um they, they are point producing defenses that that they are not in the they, they are not on, in a pr yeah protection the mode they are in the heels. attack mode 
You know, yeah, like but then they, they, but then they just take them away from them. Yeah, and they did. And they did. Um, That's exactly what happened. You're right. So, and again, that, that for those that haven't maybe been to one of those games in person, like, there is still some rivalry left in the NFL, and that's as good as it gets. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of them a, there in the AFC North. <laughs> always a physical, physical affair between those uh, those teams. Um, no all right, question. from from a close game to one that was not uh, nope. the Saints and the Patriots, thirty four to nothing. I think you referenced it at the top, Rhett. So I'll, I'll give you a quick recap of what I said last night when I which was, was asked, dead on accurate. I was asked, would it be different if they switched quarterbacks? And I said no, and I said this is not, this is not a, a a a pro Mac Jones all in on Mac Jones statement. This is an indictment on what is around him. This offensive line has been bad, and it was equal opportunity. When you watch the tape, you'll see him all the way across the board getting beat and getting beat early. Um, you freeze it when you get to the top of the drop. There's nowhere to go with the football. There's nobody open. The two picks, one of them he gets drilled, um, and that's a pick. The other, the other pick, one is their not receiver basically yeah. threw it to the DB. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm just looking at this going, he is, you know, we've talked about it for years, trucks and trailers. I'm not saying Mac Jones is a truck. He's not a truck. There's only a handful of trucks in this league that are good enough to elevate the talent around him and they yeah. can pull their team to victory. The rest of them are trailers. They're dependent on what you have. And if you have the pieces in place, they can operate. They can get the vehicle where it needs to go. They don't have it. They have they, they don't have the pieces in place to be able to support a quarterback like Mac Jones. And they don't have a quarterback on their roster that's a top five quarterback in this league that's capable of doing it. So I don't know what the answer is. I just know, you know, well, how does it get better? What gets better with better players? And yeah. that's not going to happen until you get to the offseason. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing they can do at this point. You know, it's it's try to, you know, if the if this Patriots team makes the playoffs. Bill Belichick will win coach of the year. Yeah. <laughs> but right now, you know, the executive of the year title is, is kind of tough to deal with uh, on that side of things. When you, look I mean, they it. had, I think he had 110 yards. Let me, let me pull it up here. Mac had 110 yards, Rhett, 30 to 40 of them were in the two minute drill at the end of the half where they're just giving him. I mean, they were like given to him. Like literally it was 60 to 70 yards of passing offense in this game. Yeah. Nothing. <clears throat> Zero. By the way, uh, on, on the flip side for the Saints, I mean, it wasn't like a hugely prolific day offensively. I mean, Derek Carr threw for 183. They were in good field position. Uh, and a lot of times they ran the heck out of the ball. Kendra Miller got 12 carries. How about that? So perhaps welcoming another rookie to the party in our draft uh, Tuesday drafts. So um, kind of curious to see if that continues. But Alvin Kamara ran the ball 22 times. I don't know how many games in his career he's run the ball 22 times. Yeah, the, so, but again, they have a formula. I mean, you play defense. It. You play defense like that. Just protect yeah. the ball, run it, be efficient. Michael Thomas made a couple nice plays. Um, that division is uh, it's kind of interesting now uh, when you look at Tampa where they've played. Now you've Atlanta's Marlins back. Atlanta's you know shown some signs of life here. Big yeah. one for them. Um, you know, I guess that'll take us right into it. We can jump into the next game here, which is yeah. uh, the Falcons. Texans yeah. game, which was back and forth, back and forth. And then uh, Ritter, I have to say, Rhett, um, up to you to go here. But I yeah. would say by far the most impressed I've been with Desmond Ritter in his young career. Uh, I would agree. And 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 this is the the, the headline I kind of wrote on my notes was comeback QBs. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and it wasn't just Ritter. I mean, it's Stroud, too. Stroud made plays, too. Yeah. And I think what we'll look at in this game with the Texans, will, and I'll get to Ritter here in a sec. But what, what, the, what the Texans will look at is three field goals. Right in in yeah. Falcons territory, and then the fourth was you know time running out at the end of the first half, they end up kicking one. But you know you look at back at those three third downs, yeah, third and one, left side just gets beat. So they had Tunsil and Howard 
both playing the left side, both back in the lineup for the first time this season together. And it felt like it might've taken a second for them to get their, get their bearings back. And that was just, they got beat. And uh, so they get, they get stopped on short yards. They had a third and 15, obviously they get backed up there um, and they had to kick it. And then a third and four Stroud's a little off on a tight window throw to Schultz. So, mm-hmm. but then you go back to the, to the other, the next third down that they had an important one at the end of the game, we absolutely had to have it, you know, for the comeback, right? You're down and you need the touchdown third and nine. I thought this was a great play by Bobby Slowick because you have a zone coverage look from Atlanta and they are playing. Those safeties are sitting right there at the sticks at mm-hmm. right at about 10 to 11 yards and they are not moving. There's no backpedal. So Schultz runs a little like dig and go gets Jesse Bates to bite up and it's a beautiful route, beautiful move. And then uh, CJ Stroud's getting pressured. He's getting the right tackles because right in his lap back foots, this thing just mm-hmm. perfectly floats it into Schultz for the touchdown. And you're like, all right, maybe the first comeback win for CJ Stroud, you know, on the road here. And then you get Ritter career mm-hmm. high, 329 yards. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that last drive, but that Texans defense was gassed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that play, they had no pad. They just had no, no pass rush. They had nothing. And and then, you know, that, that throw to Drake London, like everyone's went up moving in slow it. motion. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody is. It's two man. It's a two man route versus a four man zone from the mm-hmm. hash to the sideline, and Ritter just fits it right into London. His fourth game winning drive in nine starts. He hasn't lost a home game in college or the NFL. Correct. That's insane. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. I, I mean, look, there's been some ugly, some ugly along with that. Um, but that yeah, was to me, sure. this was his best, and he needed when he needed it. Um, he was able to Stops put it all two together games too. Yeah, very nice. Um. A couple other things we'll hit on yep. here. That's the games we did the deep dive on. Uh, a yep. couple takeaways. Uh, Bengals, big win for them. I said it going into this game. This is a huge two-game stretch. This one, they've got Seattle. I know Seattle's coming off of a bye, but that's another winnable game. They could get to their bye, which is after this next week, at 500. So, Joe Burrow, you survive the injury. You get to 3-3. Three and three. You're right in the thick of it in the division. Yeah. You're still where you need to be in the conference. Nobody has really run away from you. Um, so that's a it sets up for a huge game with them against the Seahawks next week. Burrow looked uh, like he's starting to round into form. And it's yeah. like, man, you can just get to this win and then and get him a little rest. Then I think you get you know you can get on a run here. Even though man, I think coming out that's Niners Bills uh, and <laughs> it's it's brutal. That's gonna but be fun. At le- but at least yeah. they are gonna be rested up for that and uh, and have a healthy Joe Burrow hopefully uh, as yeah. we see him take some strides. Uh, I'll give you one other one and then I'll see if you want to hit on any of these other games, but. Uh, Jets Broncos, the Hackett Bowl, as it was deemed. Brees oh um, Hall being unleashed was fun. Yeah, um, just showing what he can do. Man, they just—I pray they can keep him healthy. If they keep him healthy, they have a this, chance. This, they have a chance because this offense can literally run through him. Um, you know, one of the few running backs you can really have everything go through him. And Zach, I'll give Zach credit. I think it's two weeks in a row now. He's over seventy percent. This was uh, this was the most calm I've seen him. Normally, when you watch him, it's it's all kind of stressful just watching him in the pocket. He's so jittery. He's so wound tight. In this game, especially even the big conversion he had to, uh, at the end of the game to Conklin, there was a couple inbreakers in this game where I saw him just kind of sink your feet into the ground, look more calm. And you know, one of the difficulties of evaluating him in college was that BYU offensive line was really good. The schedule they played that last year was terrible. So he had time to really get comfortable. He went from the most comfortable pocket that may be the most chaotic pocket in the transition from the college to the NFL. And it, it was jarring. Yeah. He didn't handle it well, obviously. 
Um, but I thought they held up pretty well. Even, uh, you know, they had some injuries. We'll see what happens with Vera Tucker. Tipman yeah. went out of this game. Beck, uh, Beckton was in and out. But I thought for the most part, they gave him some clean pockets. The Broncos tend to tend to do that. Um, but he looked quiet. It was the first time I could see I've seen him play kind of quiet, which was nice to see. Yeah, and I was looking uh, Nick Benito. How about another two sacks, though, for the Broncos? Turning yeah, into something on the edge there. That, huh? That's, again, that's the get-off stuff that we've talked about yeah. with him. Yep. Forever. Yep. So, uh, yeah, okay, I got something player. on Carolina Detroit just quickly. You know, I thought it was kind of kind of an afterthought, um, you know, when the Lions signed David Montgomery. That dude could play He's been great. He's, He's been, been great. fantastic. And they got a great offensive line, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're really physical up there. I mean, three, I mean, three really top-of-the-line players, right? And Ragnow, Decker, and Penny Sewell. Um, and they they rock and roll there for sure. So 19 carries, 109 yards there. And I'll, I'll just say this now. Um, I think by the end of the season, Sam Laporta is a top five tight end in the league. Um, mm-hmm. He's just, he, he is that good as a receiver. He's only going to get better. Jared Goff clearly trusts him. And he's pretty, he's pretty good in the run game too. Um, you know, I don't know if he's George Kittle, but he's, he's pretty dang good there. So I think that that dude's got a, a huge ceiling. So I'm going to do a little exercise here and yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to see, don't say until I get to the list. Um, which team am I talking about? The Niners or the Lions? Okay, you ready? Uh, and a very creative play caller, an efficient, accurate quarterback, an outstanding two-way tight end from Iowa, a top three pick defensive lineman from the Big Ten who's elevating the entire yep. defense, and a top three offensive line in the NFL. A physicality and edge to them combined with creativity. I mean, it's like they're like the they're mirror. Junior, mirror they're the junior partner of yeah. the 49ers. Yeah. Wow. That's, you know, in, there's a in, lot in, of similarities there. And if they can continue to keep putting it together, um, man, you might be talking about the Lions making a play and trying to knock on that door with, you know, the NFC elites and, and the Eagles and the Niners here. I mean, it, it yeah. may not be that far off. Yeah, they're building their team the right way. And I, I'm really starting to feel like it's two different sports in the NFC and the AFC, where we spent so much time talking about the AFC quarterbacks and the high-flying yeah. offenses, and all of a sudden the NFC is just bully ball. Physical like, you better boys. be freaking physical yep. at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Dallas got that lesson last night. So, anyways, that was just my my two cents there on the Lions. Uh, last one here real quick, Titans-Colts. Man, you hate to see it with Anthony Richardson going down again, shoulder injury, but uh, they uh, they find a way still to get the win over the Titans 23-16. Yeah, Gardner Minshew is so valuable. <laughs> I mean, that was such a great signing uh, from Chris Ballard to bring him over and to get him going. Because I mean, like they have relied on him, and he is he has proven to be huge. And how about in the in the Jonathan Taylor debut game, Zach Moss goes off. Right? Of course he does. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like To on Jerry Rice Day. That's um, hilarious. That was big. good callback. Yeah. Good callback. Um, uh, all right, Rhett, I am out for the rest of the week here. So we've got my daughter's getting married. So I'm going to be on the the wedding train here, but I will be back next Monday. And I know uh, with you, Bucky, our buddy Lance is going to fill in as well. Uh, We've got everything covered here. I'd move the sticks for the week, but anything else you want to uh, throw in there before we uh, get out of here? No, I think that's it. I'm going to go see Michigan this week up close and personal. So I want, I want your feedback on that one. I want to go, I want to go see those, uh, that offensive line last year. When I walked down there on the field, like you look Mm -hmm. on, at every mm-hmm. single one of them. And yeah. uh, so they've got it rolling again now. They played two of their best games of the season. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they look like in person. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that yeah. scouting report. They have been you hammering, got it, every, hammering everybody. Um, all right, thank you guys so much for hanging with us. I appreciate you guys subscribing, giving us a, 
a little rating and review. We do appreciate those as well. Uh, again, the guys will be back tomorrow. We have you covered five days a week right here. So hang with us. We appreciate it on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.